This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Is anybody hurt? How's extra? That was extra zesty this morning, wasn't it? <laughs> Sounds like your hair was actually on fire. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Uh, Dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, everybody, today, Thursday, huh? we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Trumpity, Trump, Trumpity, Trump, Trump. Arguing about the latest Trump thing bitterly every single damn day. Every day, it's something else. Here's here's the thing. As I um as I was taking in my MSNBC shows yesterday, the the theme all day long was this is so clearly a, an attempt to distract people from the Amarosa book, and I thought you could, everything Trump does every day since he was since he announced really, you could say it was an attempt to distract from some bad story that's out there because there's sure. always a bad story out there, real or imagined. Well, always and, uh, who would do anything to distract anybody from freaking Omarosa. <laughs> Who cares? Let me let me check. Wait a second. Like, check my uh, publishing website. Uh, total sales zero, none. Nobody's bought the book. <laughs> Nobody will. No, it's just there's always a scandal going on of some sort. Either, like I said, either real or imagined. And so, if anything that's done on any given day, you can claim is to distract from. Sure. Eric Trump this, or Russian that, or whatever. Melania's mad about, you know, it's something. Right. So, yeah, that just seems a little odd to me. Anyway, we'll get into all that stuff coming up, whether we like it or not. And there, uh, we'll introduce... You can't make me. I may be a conscientious objector. I even hear John Brennan. I even hear security clearance. (laughs) Who knows what I'll do. (laughs) I learned something, I think, about the whole security clearance thing that I didn't know. To me, it was one of those, how did I not know this by now parts of the story? But that's coming up. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Are you this morning, Michael? Good. I'm hoping the bookstores will open up at midnight so I can camp out for that book. <laughs> for the Omarosa book. For the Omarosa book. Yeah. Hey, I'm but- telling you, the Venn diagram of people who want to read that and are actually literate, no overlap. None. Zero copies. Yeah, but the overlap among people who hate Trump and want to have it on their coffee table... Uh, is a is a is a chunk of people. Yeah, well, I'm thinking about changing all my socks to this to one single brand. I've got a big drawer full of black socks. <laughs> I almost I almost went that way last year. Go mm. on. 
Yeah, they're the different shades of black, and that one's like a faded black, one's a dark black, and they, they don't really match. Yeah, here's the problem. Here's where I went wrong. I went with a cheap sock. Welcome I was going to sock talk, everybody. I was going to go with all the same socks. No more, of hosiery world. No more freaking matching socks. Right. They're all exactly the same. But I went with a cheap sock. And they vary, they vary in their fading so quickly. If you go with an expensive sock, they don't fade. Okay, These that's cheap Target socks. And you wash them the first time, yeah. and they're different colors, so you got a gray sock on and a black sock. <laughs> oh, my. That's not a good look. Imagine the pain. Okay, so that's I just need to spend more. I just got to spend more, then. That's what that means. You don't even... So, first of all, in the modern world, you got to wear the short pants so people see your socks, right? That's part of the businessman thing. Do I? If you're a successful... Right. You cuff them. You cuff the jeans, if you're, if you, even if you're wearing pants. If you're a go-go successful businessman, you have to wear the short pants with the socks showing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm observe the people getting out of the expensive cars. That's clearly the thing. Well, all so, right. um, but even without that, just how do you feel about yourself all day long when you're wearing mismatched socks? Don't you feel like your your life isn't where you thought it would be? There can be no joy. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> and you think, I thought I'd be further along than this by now. Right. Is you can't I think, think about anything of, else. Every I, step you take is another step of humiliation. I yes. wear boots mostly, but inside my boots, the real me is there. And I yeah. don't want the real me to be mismatched socks. <laughs> it hurts the heart. Uh, there is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. I uh, found myself once again uh, back on the tennis courts, as I am uh, I am like a duck to water to this. I've, I've reached my irrational confidence stage. You didn't show up with a wooden racket like I did once, did you? No, you no, no. I really no, got I... mocked for that. I still had a wooden racket. No, mine was, was <laughs> name brand, very freshly wrapped hand grip, just there recently nice. tightened strings. I'm, oh. I'm looking at people after I hit a good shot. Ah, you want some of this? Huh? You know what I do? Every time I hit a bad shot, I do that thing the pros do, where I look at the strings and kind of run around. Clearly, something on. Who strung this piece of crap? (laughs) On the ground. Hey, you in the parking lot? Can you retrieve that ball for me? (laughs) (laughs) Who strung this piece of crap? So are you doing well? Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's yeah. fun. Like it's I'm, good exercise. Yeah, no yeah, yeah, that's the main thing. I'm I'm getting actual sun, Jeez. which is weird because I'd never leave my apartment. I played a lot of tennis in high school, not on the tennis team because I joined the golf team. And you had to choose one or the other. But buddy of mine and I, we like to play tennis, and we're out there in jeans because that's we're 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 we're, we're redneck hicks. Wow, we're out there in jeans playing. And tennis. now he lectures you on how long your pants ought to be. <laughs> And it's so windy in western Kansas. So and right. the, the, the courts faced so the wind was either at your back or in your face. And if it was your and if it was at your back, you were Bjorn Borg with your with just touch the ball. Sure. But if it was in your face, you'd have to hit it as hard as you could at the net to get it to go across because it was a forty mile an hour wind. No exaggeration. Right. I right. mean it's just it's hilarious. You'd sense, you'd switch sides every, you know, set or whatever you do and Really changed the game. It's probably not a great day to play. <laughs> well, well there you are, though. Day. What are you going to wait for three months? Yeah. yeah. There's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well. Following up on sock talk and tennis tips, we have a very special celebrity birthday today. Ah, yes. Madonna turns 60 today. Aging sex pot Madonna. Oh, boy. <laughs> Time to take that pot off the stove. Oh. Madonna's what? net worth, my friends, $590 million. You know, the round number birthdays have a tendency to make us all take a look at ourselves, take a look at our lives, where we are, that sort of thing. Certainly. Don't they? Don't they, they do. Don't I think, they, I think I'm again, hope- it's, it's the fascination with round numbers. I'm hoping she... 
at some point in her life thought, can't be doing the sex pot thing when I'm 60. Not like if she said that when she was 30. <laughs> right. And somebody reminds her of that. Or even at 55. That would be great. Because <laughs> she's still doing the... Yeah. You know, lingerie on stage, sex moves. Come right. on, you're... you're Look at me. You I'll get, do anybody anytime. Look at me. You get senior citizen discounts. Right. You can't be doing this. They don't go together. Right. Uh, anyway, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Thursday, August 16th, the year 2018. We're setting you straight in 21-8. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. I remember back in the 90s, even, uh, one of the, the lines of discussion about Madonna was, forget the sex pot and thing and forget the singer thing you do, we ought to be paying attention to her as a businesswoman as a brand builder yeah. etc yeah. and that's absolutely correct it is now it has been forever so quit dressing like a whore she paved the way for the taylor swifts of the world yeah in a big way lady gaga sure yeah and she's uh, a great actress oh lord oh yeah. oh. <laughs> yes. oh boy uh, she couldn't act wet if you threw her in the ocean, Michael. All right, let's begin the uh, show now officially according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go, and Mark. Mr. Brennan has demonstrated that uh, that's not the case. He's been totally political. Um, I think I called him a butthead, and I meant it. There you go. That's the great John Kennedy. Finally, <laughs> some plain talk. <laughs> that's what he's known for, John Kennedy. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little too much. Again, can you be a senator named John Kennedy? I think you can. You know, my son, uh, who, who lived for quite a while in the Portland area and now resides in beautiful Bend, Oregon, said, you know, I want to live somewhere cool that's not completely up its own hiney about how cool it is. Well, I want a wise-cracking senator who's not completely up his own hiney about <laughs> what a wise-cracking son of a gun I am. All right, we get it. All right, we get it. <laughs> senator Brennan, what would you like, you know, at the, 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 the McDonald's counter? Well, I'm hungrier than... No, I just want your order. What do you want, a Big Mac? A quarter pounder? Yeah, I tell you, there may be a wild pig hungrier than me, but I ain't smelled his bacon yet. If you don't give me your order, I'm coming over this counter. What are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Al Brennan revoked former CIA chief losing his security clearance. Charges and insults fly. Oh, God. It's a chilling time to be an American, according to MSNBC. Yeah, the love. First Amendment. Indeed. ISIS among us, alleged killer terrorist arrested in California. And say hello, my friends, to driverless delivery cars on the road starting today. Oh, wow. Stories. Brave new world. Coming up minutes from now. Hmm. So does the car just pull up in front of my house and I run out and get the stuff and maybe take a couple extra or what? How's that work? <laughs> Not a robot inside a drillion. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's outstanding. Boy, do we have a lot of reaction to the pedophile priests, oh, among yeah. other things. And, Dang it. And uh, well, a lot of good stuff. A wide variety. God, some of the responses from the Catholic Church have been less than uh, what you'd hope. Oh, boy. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This from Florida. I mean, it's beyond the point of weird how often these stories come out of Florida. I mean, it's it really is, right? It's kind of funny and a joke for a while, but now it's just... It's, it's America's infected appendix, Jack. It needs to be sawed off and set afloat in the Caribbean. 
The mayor of a town in Florida attacked the city commissioner at a public meeting saying she earned her money from sphincter bleaching. Um, Details I'm going to come. need a moment. <laughs> Details to come. Hey, Hanson, could you grab the uh, th- thing I just printed? Thanks. Sorry, I forgot to. That's a thing, by the way. I, why did you bring it up? Because I would a- like you to run this stuff by me before <laughs> you, you, you unleash this sort of th- 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 filth. The mayor of a town... Attacked the city commissioner in a public hearing. Yes. We have oh, audio. yeah? We have audio. Yeah. Well, there oh, you yeah, go. He said. Stay tuned for that. Well, I know why you made your money. Oh, you do, do you? <laughs> yeah, I do. Are you going to say something? I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I don't think you will. All right, I will then. All right, Florida. God, is it the humidity or the giant cockroaches? <laughs> <laughs> Crawl into your ear at night and chew out whatever part of your brain keeps you from doing crap like this. Mailbag. Hey, woohoo! <laughs> I may have to reinterpret this freedom-loving quote of the day just because it's old-timey and and, and speak, people spoke so elaborately back in those days. They had plenty of time. They I didn't have it. any texts to look at. That's right. Uh, sometimes I think Positive Sean should have lived in that time. <laughs> Before simple declarative sentences were a thing. Anyway, moving along. This is Lysander Spooner, one of the uh, great uh, founding fathers, thinkers of the revolutionary time. That no government so-called can reasonably be trusted or reasonably be supposed to have honest purpose in view any longer than it depends wholly upon voluntary support. Okay, you will. I, I, I was trying really yeah. hard. Yeah. Like I know the second comma or semicolon or something. Well, I got and lost. It, just, it was kind of phrased as a negative, uh, expressing <sighs> a positively negative uh, thought. The long and short of it is, you can only trust government as long as it depends completely on voluntary support. At the point there is permanence, you can't trust it to be honest. Which is a brilliant statement hundreds of years ago because human nature does not change people. That once a bureaucracy exists and no longer depends on popular support to exist, it will become dishonest. I was interacting with a government uh, body this week that I won't mention because it wouldn't make my life easier. Um, and, And I thought, clearly, and this happened over decades but clearly, the relationship between them and me is, I work for them. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's clearly that is the case. Not only do you work for them, but you will shut your mouth, you will get in line, you will keep your eyes on the floor, and you will move when we tell you to move. If, it, if you had a work relationship like that in the modern day, you would, you would call, ironically, as a state agency, well, more, or march, or yeah. have a, you know, a rally. More particularly, I thought, I'm not even the paying customer in this scenario, where they feel like they need to make me happy, um, because I can't go anywhere else, mm-hmm. <laughs> and... And they feel like they're the boss and, you know, I should shut up and take it. And I just thought right. that's that's not the way this is designed. It was supposed right. to be designed. But anyway, yeah, it's the way it often occurs. Yep. And the more socialism you have, the more government control is necessary and the more that you get. But people seem to want it because, A, they, are, they have no knowledge of history. B, they're lazy. See, they're stupid. Those are the three choices. Good morning. Those are the at least I gave you choices. Government doesn't give you choices. Good morning. Enjoy the concentration camps, morons. Wow. It's the inevitable end. Wow, I hope I'm gone God. before that. 
Moving along to the important topic of where the classic pirate accent came from. I can see. Yar, tis the question before us. See, I can see why you'd tune in to eight country hits in a row and Bobby Bones in the morning rather than hear somebody scream, Everybody's on board! And you're going to end up in a concentration camp! Says you, anal bleacher. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Good Lord. That was sphincter bleacher. It's, whatever. It's a big difference. Anyway, according to Pete from Camp Pendleton, who apparently is knowledgeable on this topic, he said the pirate in question was supposed to be an ignorant hick from the West Country of England. That would be the uh, pirate Long John Silver in uh, Treasure Island when it was uh, made into a movie. The actor who portrayed the pirate, Long John Silver, uh, made that choice in the, uh, the, the role. And so that became the pirate voice. It's kind of interesting. It's trivia, but it's kind of interesting. Just like American pirates all sound like rednecks. Pirates are, I suppose, like those who would uh, make you squeal like a pig in the woods to cite the classic mm. movie Deliverance. Or, yeah, always rednecks. Interesting. Thank you, Pete. Appreciate that. When are my kids old enough to watch Deliverance? Eight, nine? Oh, boy. Uh, during a sleepover with their friends, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah right. 38 or 39. Having a final sleepover uh, weekend before school starts In a this, tent. this exactly. next Saturday, so I think, yeah. I'll, think I'll just have them watch Deliverance. Take them, take them camping. I won't ask the parents. They'll, I'm sure they're fine with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take them camping and, and uh, <laughs> stream it. camping in the woods. Stream it on your, uh, pa- your tablet. Oh, boy. <laughs> Let's see. Here are some names for the podcast from Tim and Redondo Beach. Uh, let's see. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for allowing we, the audience, to contribute to the program. Crowdsourcing some of your jokes is a great way to start the morning. Here are a couple of ideas for naming the podcasts, should you choose to do so. In no particular order. The Armstrong and Getty Podcast. I thought that was pretty good. That's brilliant. Uh, we can't call it that because, you know, we did a regular show is an incredibly popular podcast, and I say that with all due modesty. How about my suggestion of International House of Pancakes? What do you think of that for a name? I think it's perfect. The Conscience of the Nation Podcast. That's not bad. After the Peter out with Armstrong and Getty, going deeper with Armstrong and Getty, the Sons of Liberty podcast. See, wait, it's, it, those are fine for people who know our act. That right. we're, we're being sarcastic, yes. you know, and purposely over the, the Sons of Liberty. But if we're on a list of a gazillion podcasts at list, and one of them is called Conscious of the Nation, I would think, well, I know what I'm going to get with that. Right. <laughs> and, of course, the ever-popular Armstrong and Getty, Too Hot for Radio. <laughs> That's great. Oh, and then, uh, where's that email I asked you to bring me, Hanson? Where'd you put that? And we have a long-form podcast. In my hand, how dare you? The most, oh, there it is. The most recent <laughs> is with our uh, military analyst, Mike Lyons, talked for an hour about the military and stuff. It's, it's pretty interesting. Indeed, Mr. Casey near Portland, frequent correspondent, writes, uh, The interview with Major Mike Lyons was great. As a 20-year veteran of the Navy and Navy Reserve, I appreciate having someone as intelligent, articulate, and insightful as Mr. Lyons representing those of us who have served. We'll be sharing some clips of the long-form podcast with you in a little bit. While the interview is sobering at times... Uh, and he gives some examples. Uh, Mr. Lyons may have inadvertently found a name for the long-form podcast, namely the Purple Squirrel. Mm. Armstrong and Getty's Purple Squirrel. I had never heard that term before, had you? Uh, no. No, mm. I was unfamiliar with it. What does it mean? It's a dictionary thing? It's a military thing, and it's explained in the podcast. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I... Okay. We're going to make, I mean, that, that sounds like intentional marketing, which we generally avoid. Little that I do is intentional. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, check it out. The Purple Squirrel. Great conversation with Mike Lyons, uh, writes Garrett. And uh, 
Oh, on the topic of uh, the police and non-lethal weapons, during the award-winning fourth hour yesterday, we interviewed the police chief of Sacramento, California, which is rejiggering its uh, foot pursuit policies to avoid uh, injuries and, and pain and death. We talked about non-lethal weapons, and Marvin says, isn't it the job of your producer to sample the pain of the non-lethal weapons? I certainly think it is, repeatedly if necessary. Those baton rounds, whatever those are, those sound fun. Let's shoot Sean with those. Uh, Marshall's News coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. So we got so much correspondence about the Catholic Church story. Once again, finding out that they not only have a lot of priests that are willing to rape your children, but they have other priests that, while they might not be pedophiles, are willing to uh, hide pedophiles from the public because it would upset their cool job. Well, priests and bishops and archbishops. Right. Uh, yeah. The, the most powerful people in the Catholic Church. And it's it's just so disappointing on so many levels. But we got so much correspondence on it, we're going to give it its own segment and about 7.04, I suppose. Yeah. yeah some good uh, good, uh, and, and widely varied points of view. We got an interesting text for, from somebody who's in his 50s, been uh, uh, active in the Catholic Church since he was a kid, and he has some questions that I thought were pretty interesting. Okay. So that, among other things, right now, the news with Marshall Phillips. Well, the White House says it's revoking the security clearance of former CIA director John Brennan and is mulling, pulling them for several other former intelligence chiefs and other officials. Reading a statement from President Trump, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders announced the presidential decision. Mr. Brennan has recently leveraged his status as a former high-ranking official with access to highly sensitive information to make a series of unfounded and outrageous allegations, wild outbursts on the Internet and television about this administration. Mr. Brennan's line in recent conduct, characterized by increasingly frenzied commentary, is wholly inconsistent with access to the nation's most closely held secrets and facilities. This is one of my favorite festivals of stupid yet in the Trump administration. It will change nothing. Nothing in human history. Indeed, nothing in the history of anything will change one iota as a result of this latest tempest in a teapot. So I'm trying to observe this from above. and Yes. 30,000 feet. Not get worked up about it either way. So, uh, Trump does and says things no president has ever done before. Correct. I think we can all agree on that. Many of them highly regrettable. Brennan and others do and say things nobody in their position has ever done before. Yep. Correct. So, what are the rules when that happens? I mean, we haven't had CIA directors that are permanent fixtures on one cable news channel attacking the White House every single day. We've never right. had that before. In fevered tones. Yeah, and, yeah, and pretty over-the-top <laughs> stuff. So... On the um, other hand, revoking security clearance is just silly. So, it's just a gesture. It's all just dumb. You think it will have no effect? I I think I'm convinced. So I didn't know until I saw a guy talk yeah. last night. I thought when you had the security clearance, it meant you had access. Well, you do have access, but you have to be invited to get access to all this information. I thought these people could, you know, show up at the whatever building in Washington, D.C. and go look at the secret files on Al-Qaeda whenever they wanted or something. But that's not the way it works. You have to be in, you can be invited in, and they generally aren't. You just, you, you have this access. You still have your clearance. You're the kind of person we could bring into the building anytime we want. But we have to ask you in. Trump's people would have to ask Brennan to come in 
Look at the stuff. He doesn't right. get you, to show you up You worked the building. on the Peruvian rebels for a decade. Tell us what you learned. Right, that sort of consultation. But he, does, he doesn't get to park in the parking lot right. in a special space he still gets and walk into the building whenever he wants and look at information and then either use it to sell to companies or use it to argue against Trump on TV or whatever. So the only there's a benefit to him still having that access if you know we have a dust up with he's a, he's an expert in Saudi Arabia, Brennan. If uh, and he uh, he was the station chief there for years. We have a dust up with Saudi Arabia involved somehow. You could bring him in and say, hey, you know what's his name? What's what is he really like? Right. It, it, won't it be to our detriment, national security rise, to not have as many resources for this information? Conceivably, although it's fairly rare that that happens anyway. From yeah. what I understand. Yeah. Uh, then then those who make a huge deal out of everything, even when it's no deal at all. Um, are saying, well, it's the First Amendment with the president. Now, that's ridiculous. Freedom of speech. That's ridiculous. Uh, even as he's on cable news uh, saying everything and anything he wants. Yeah. The only thing I will concede to people making that argument is the president is clearly offering up disincentives to former government officials whose uh, opinions he doesn't like. There's no doubt. You could argue in a theoretical classroomy way that it's chilling uh, on Brennan's uh, expressing his opinion. My rejoinder to that, my response to that would be, if you back down on something you think is really important on the basis of that chilling act, well, then you're a baby well, and you don't deserve free speech yeah no i don't think that's i don't i don't agree with that because there are there are a lot of people that make their living with various you know private agencies out there because they have that security clearance so you would think i can't go on, ca- on a cable channel brennan look below brennan the sort of person that's below him we don't even know this person's name but they have a security clearance they might say, I'm not going to go on a cable news show and criticize this because the, uh, the president will revoke my security clearance. I no right. longer am of value to this company, and I lose my job. I'm not sure th- I'm not sure that's true, as true as they're making it seem on cable TV. How often does somebody who was in the CIA years ago and never turned in their security clearance, how often do they utilize that? I don't know. That I don't know. It's that they were um, a former blah, blah, blah. They're in the know. But also, on the other side of it, I'm looking at Brennan's piece in the New York Times today. His, uh, he's got an op-ed piece where he's firing back at Trump. And he's how, talking about how there definitely was collusion between right. Trump and Russia. Well, you got this. It, it, he doesn't know that. No, nobody knows that yet. Maybe Mueller knows that. But this guy doesn't know that. Well, and, and he offers no proof. And what's collusion anyway? Right. But so the, a guy in his position saying the current president is, is guilty of something... You know, he once said that uh, Trump had been a traitor to his country, had done something that was treasonous. He said it was treason, yeah. Which carries the death penalty. I mean, that's so, pretty insane. <laughs> that's pretty over the top. So, well, like I said, Trump doesn't say things nobody's ever said before. We got people g- going around saying and doing things nobody's ever said before. So what are their new rules? Right around 7.15, 7.20, we're going to have on Brad Garrett from ABC News to straighten out the whole security clearance. Who has it? Who uses it? How do they use gotcha. it? Thing? I'd like to know how valuable it is. If that's how you make your living... Losing it would be something you'd try to avoid. I don't know how important it is to keeping your job, though. Carnival of stupid. One other quick note. we got a supermarket in Arizona is going to be selling self-driving groceries. No, the groceries don't drive. They'll be in driverless cars. It's a Fry's supermarket in, uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona. 
People who live within two miles of that store will be able to order their groceries on the Fry's app and have them delivered to their home by an unmanned Toyota Prius. This starts today. Okay, I I get this. I have my concerns about these cars driving around in neighborhoods on a computer, all that sort of stuff. Jack, I've shopped at the Fry's in Surprise, Arizona, which is fairly close to the one in Scottsdale. And I'd just like to say it's a very large grocery store. Back to you. Um, <laughs> since there's nobody in the car, nobody's bringing the groceries into you, you must come out to the car and get it? I believe you do. And doesn't, and doesn't that put everybody on the honor system to only take their groceries and not say, oh, hey, he's got a six-pack of beer. They, I should have put that on my list. They already thought of that. Yoink. They already thought of that, Jack. Uh, they, they only deliver your order. Yeah, with a Prius, you're not stockpiling right. 15 houses to <laughs> right. do a run with. So they're going right. to make one drive per order? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's going to slow things down. If the, if the pizza guy just took one pizza per trip, remember this is a test. Okay, this is a test. They'll deliver up to fifteen bags of groceries to your front curb. You go on out. And by the way, have, in, and have, that's we, it. have we ironed out the whole "don't run over pedestrians" thing with these cars? More or less. Don't be a baby. More or less. Get out of the way. <laughs> don't be a baby. Quit yeah. playing in the streets, kids. Come on. Have you ever been to Scottsdale? It's God's waiting room anyway. <laughs> so it'll be fun. Where do you get off shooting baskets in your uh, cul-de-sac? Get out of the street. You don't want to get run over. <laughs> and we told you this is a test. This is a test run. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty Show. The conscience of the nation. You want to rollerblade your kid? Your parents should have bought a house in the bigger driveway. Get out of the street, children. Honk, honk. <laughs> your groceries need to get delivered. <sighs> Something, anything that's not about the tangerine tornado next. <laughs> and then after that, again, I'm begging. I didn't know that driverless cars were ready for prime time at this level. Did you? Because you're really getting... You well, this start is very deli- small scale, though. Yeah, but you start delivering groceries, you're really getting into the whole making sure you don't run over pedestrians thing. Sure. Going into, going into neighborhoods, etc. That's a car horn to add effect to the whole story. Yeah, yeah. Theater of the mind. Real theater of the mind, yeah. Stan, you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. First, they came for my straws, and I said nothing. Man, that's a pretty lighthearted... Uh, that, the end of that story is pretty awful. The original, right? I mean, the original point of that story. Yes! But, um... Yes! Should not be used ironically. They came for my straws, and I said nothing. What are they coming for next? The next war on. The war on straws, which was very successful, mm. happened in one summer. The yeah. war on straws. What's the next war on? Uh, and it's already taken off? You'll notice it this weekend if you're really? paying attention. Yeah. Okay. Is that a tease? You're going to tell us yep. about it in a little bit? Yep. Hey, speaking of ironic uses of things that should not be used ironically, how do we feel about the ironic use of the breaking news donkey? I mean, because generally, you know, when news breaks, the donkey brays, and we only use it for serious news, as opposed to cable news, which has breaking news all the time, stories that are three days old. It's not that Brandon, the, the breaking news donkey doesn't like irony i just don't think he understands it <laughs> i was less concerned about brandon's feelings Sean, oh, okay. than those of the audience but 
Donkeys don't get irony. I've just noticed that. They wow. really internalize it in a way that I don't think it's meant to be. That's why the term jackass means what it does. <laughs> All right, then no donkey. But I will tell you this. Breaking news. Breaking news. Kimberly Guilfoyle and her boyfriend Donald Trump Jr. have reportedly nicknamed each other Pooh Bear and Junior Mint. Oh. That's Back hard to you, to, Jack. That is hard to take. Guilfoyle, former Fox News personality, was overheard in the Southampton, New York area over the weekend calling Trump Junior Mint. Oh, that is, that is, it, it's as sickening as if I'd eaten a hundred Junior Mints. Mm. Trump it makes Jr. Makes me want to vomit. Trump Jr., on the other hand, calls her Pooh Bear, as in Winnie the Pooh from the popular series of children's books that he probably read to his children who are at home crying because daddy left. Ouch. Mm. Take that, Junior Mint. What do you think of that? <laughs> what do you think of that, S? More coming for you, chinless. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, hey, there's no reason to take shots at people's uh, body shapes. Oh, God. Um... There's an article the other day. It said he's killing it on the campaign trail. He's really good at that. I've heard that. When his that doesn't surprise there. me a bit. But oh, geez. When he's not making up, you know, hey, hey, half-assed stories about meetings, he hey, seems pretty sharp. Hey, Junior Mint, wh- wh- you know where do I? You wouldn't care what I think. I wouldn't care what you think about relationships. But she was just with Scaramucci, and who is the other not particularly uh, highlighted character? That she, she wasn't with Cohen, was she? No, 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 no. Who was it? Who was it? She went from Scaramucci to somebody else. Uh, Nick Nolte. <laughs> no, I keep thinking of Hope Hicks. And then, oh, maybe, uh, I'm, uh, maybe uh, I'm mixing up with Hope Alex Hicks. Alex Baldwick? <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, she was she was a Scaramucci uh, girlfriend sure. briefly. Yeah, you got to think of that seriously now. She likes New Yorkers. You want to go there? She likes the, 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 the fast-talking New Yorkers with the slick back hair, doesn't she? I guess. After being married to the fast-talking uh, uh, San Francisco mayor with the slick back hair. Exactly. She's, she's got a look now that you she's think about it. She's got a type. It. Yeah, Newsom, Scaramucci, and Donald Trump Jr. all have a very similar look. Yeah, yeah. Joe Pesci ought to take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is, this is a really nice story, and I want you to enjoy this. Uh, we have some reaction to the Catholic Church scandal on the way, plus a very woke TV review of a new show that We'll show you how you ought to appraise new shows. Do the jokes make you laugh? No, that's not the way you decide if you should watch a comedy at all. And I'll lecture you suffocatingly about that. Fantastic. But first, this tale. Jay Austin and Lauren Gogahan, both in their late 20s last year, quit their office jobs in Washington, D.C. to embark on a journey. Austin, a vegan who worked for the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, and uh, uh, Gigahan, a, veter- a vegetarian, who worked in the Georgetown University Admissions Office, decided they were wasting their lives working. And I quote, I've grown tired of spending the best hours of my day in front of a glowing rectangle, of coloring the best years of my life in swaths of gray and beige. We all understand that, don't we? I've missed too many sunsets while my back was turned. Too many thunderstorms went unwatched. Too many gentle breezes unnoticed. We all feel that, although we keep doing our job because you got to make a living. Guy's a fan of the weather, though, apparently. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, The couple documented their year-long journey on Instagram and on a joint blog. As the New York Times put it, they shared, quote, the open-heartedness they wanted to embody and the acts of kindness reciprocated by strangers. I, I read this, but I don't remember. Did they hike the Appalachian Trail? What oh, did they do? I'm, I'm getting to it. You read the papers, and you're led to believe that the world is a big, scary place, Austin wrote. That's the fella. People, the narrative goes, are not to be trusted. People are bad. People are evil. I don't buy it. 
Evil is a make-believe concept we've invented to deal with the complexities of fellow human beings holding values and beliefs and perspectives different than our own. Mm-hmm. By and large, humans are kind. Self-interested sometimes, myopic sometimes, but kind. I Generous and wonderful and kind. I think there's a lot of truth there. And they are riding their bikes through Tajikistan when a car rammed them. Five men got out of the car and stabbed them to death, along with two other cyclists. Two days later, ISIS released a video showing the same men sitting in front of the black ISIS flag, looking at the camera and vowing to kill disbelievers. Yeah, see, I agree with their most people are good thing and everything, but I wouldn't ride my bike through uh, a part of the world where uh, many fewer people are good, and the people who are bad are really, really bad. Evil is a make-believe concept we've invited, invented, Jack, to well, deal with the complexities of fellow humans. That's moronic. That is absolutely moronic. That's moronic. Now, if you want to ride your bike around the United States to uh, to come up with the point that, boy, you go from small town to suburb and most people are good and raising their kids, that would all be true. Mm-hmm. You try to ride through a, a, part of, a completely uncivilized part of the world with the idea that there's no such thing as evil, and you're going to end up dead. God, that's, uh, well, it is what it is. Could nobody get through to them? Listen, you're, you're right mostly. But just as every sweet, delicious cake has salt in it, you got to understand, everything's not like all the way what you're preaching. Now, there you're starting of... to sound like a like a fairy princess from a Disney movie here. I read a book uh, many years ago. Uh, some journalists, he hitchhiked clear across America, and his stories were great. And he had a, a couple of slightly scary occurrences, but everything else was just fine. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me at all that you could do that. But there are plenty of parts of the world that you're insane to try that. You couldn't get a mile outside of town before you're going to get killed. Right. Plenty of parts of the world. And the world has been that way for much of its history. Right. So, uh, yeah. and, and to willfully ignore it. Well, it's a great proof of what I've said so many times. Ideology blinds logic and neutralizes intelligence happens all the time evil's a construct wow okay i gotta hit that i gotta pay this up for you they came for your straws you said nothing the, i'm i'm all for the straw ban in i don't want the government imposing it balloons are the next target and it's already happened a bunch of colleges won't have their giant balloon releases to start the college football season balloons ruining the environment wow. the balloon thing is over people just get ready for it it's time to inflate your consciousness and not a balloon Wow. That's a good one. Thank you. Uh, We're going to take on the whole Catholic Church thing, which is ugly, with your correspondence coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.